Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Edwin, it's Wednesday. Here we go. Middle of the week, June 29th, year of our 2022. And and we're in the middle of the year here. Well, yeah. How did that happen? I mean, it's just just about over. Wasn't it it the beginning of the year yesterday? (laughs) It really has flown by. (laughs) It's a little scary how fast it's going, actually. Absolutely. Uh, But, uh, you know, every day the Lord gives us is a great blessing, and we want to make the most of it. And it's fantastic that we get to start this day together, or whenever you might be listening, Mm. with a little time and devotion in the Word. Read a little scripture, have prayer, talk about it. What are we What are we talking about today? We are still in Hebrews chapter 9. I'm going to kind of overlap what you read yesterday. We're going to start in verse 11. We're going to read all the way through verse 22. Okay. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant, so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance, since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. For where a will is involved, the death of the one who made it must be established, for a will takes effect only at death, since it is not in force as long as the one who made it is alive." Therefore, not even the first covenant was inaugurated without blood. For when every commandment of law had been declared by Moses to all the people, he took the blood of calves and goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant that God commanded for you. And in the same way, he sprinkled with the blood both the tent and all the vessels used in worship. Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. You know what, brother? I think I want to just go ahead and read to the end of the chapter. Is that okay? Yeah. Yeah. Thus, in verse 23, thus it was necessary for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these rites, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Nor was it to offer himself repeatedly, as the high priest enters the holy places every year with blood not his own, for then he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Mm. I wanted to go ahead and read that last paragraph, just because 
I want to highlight something more about this once for all. Yeah. And I and I, I realized as we were going through it that he really digs into that even more in that last paragraph. Sure, so sure. I appreciate you letting me do that. Once for all. We, we, we talked about that yesterday. Yeah, we did. We talked about the, the nature of the sacrifices under mm-hmm. the Old Covenant and Jesus' one sacrifice. I don't want to rehash all of that, but I'd like to use that as a springboard. Okay. Especially since this week we've talked about patterns of worship. Yeah, we have. We've talked about regulations for how we worship and yep, the fact yep. that... the that the very foundation of that is is that we are prepared for worship by Jesus' sacrifice, Mm -hmm. not the sacrifice of blood and bulls and goats, but the sacrifice of Jesus. But now, in this this chapter, I think we learned something about a a worship question, maybe a worship debate that's happening today that I wanted to springboard off and talk about. In the the New Covenant, you mean? In the New Covenant. Yeah. And pragmatically, among different churches today that claim to be Christian, that claim to harken back to the New Testament, and I really want to think about the Lord's Supper. Okay. I know that Hebrews 9 is not about the Lord's Supper, but in the debates... Go ahead. What do you want to well, say? Well, I, I, I would just say that uh, it, to me it's very natural to talk about the Lord's Supper here because uh, when the Lord is teaching about the communion, about the table, it is so much about this covenant, about a new covenant, particularly when you think about the cup and the fruit of the vine. You know, this is my blood shed for a new covenant mm. where there is remission of sins. And here we just saw about how without the shedding of blood there is no remission, and we have this new covenant, and the whole deal about the blood with the first covenant. So, I mean, all of that to say, when I think it's very natural to springboard from this into talking about communion. Especially since we are remembering the death of our Lord, and what is communion? It is a memorial. Yeah. before And it's a memorial well, uh, of the death. Or is it? <laughs> well, <laughs> is, that, is that, is that, isn't that the... Uh, that's actually the question I'm going to get into. Yeah, yeah. Because... The, the reality is, and not every church today, is communion a memorial. True. So True. so when we think about this, in the Scripture we hear about the Supper of the Lord. Mm-hmm. We hear that it is a communion. So these are terms that a lot of people use today to talk about it, the Lord's Supper or the communion. We can read about it as it's instituted in the Passover at the end of each of the Gospels, whatever you want to well, say. Well, I was just going to say, and, the, and that's language particularly we find in First uh, Corinthians. Yes. Right, First Corinthians eleven is called the Lord's Supper, but I think in back in First Corinthians ten, and it is the Lord's table. The it communion. is a communion. It is a communion. It is a communion with the body yeah. and blood of Christ, and uh, so all that's very scriptural language mm-hmm. for what this is. Yeah, some people call it the Eucharist, mm-hmm. which the New Testament never calls it that. But I think where that comes from is that word from the Greek means Thanksgiving. It is, and right. when we see Jesus institute the Lord's Supper, he gives thanks, offers thanks in First Corinthians eleven when Paul talks about it. He mentioned the offering of thanks. Thanks. So I think that's where that term comes from. There's another term that is used in really major portions of what is called Christendom today, of what is Christianity as people profess it and claim it, and that is Mass. Mass. There, there, there are a whole slew of people as they're claiming to follow the New Testament, as they're claiming to be Christians, they gather on a regular basis to be involved in the Mass. Which, on the surface, sure just looks like taking the Lord's Supper, but it's actually something different. Do you know, and, I, and I'm not, but just to sort of clarify, is Mass the the catch-all title for the service so that it's going to include the the prayers and the, and the songs and all that? Uh, or is Mass particularly about Eucharist? Because I, I thought Eucharist is like this subset in Mass. 
Well, I think the mass is the service where this takes place. Okay. Okay. So it's not so not just any time. Does it come together? You know, you know, in the Catholic Church, it's not just I'm going to church, therefore I've been involved in mass. But mass is where this thing takes place. Okay. The mass. Yeah. And so I guess. I'd have to dig a little bit deeper to find out if that's technically just taking these emblems or if it's the entire service. But it, when they're talking about participating in mass, mass. it is the service where this thing takes place. Right. And it's, it's a reference to, and I don't know the etymology of the word mass. I didn't look that up. But what I do know the mass is supposed to be, mm-hmm. and you can find this, anybody searching anything among Catholic doctrine can find this. The mass is the re-offering yes. of Jesus. That is their teaching. It is not the remembering mm-hmm. of Jesus' death. It is the re-offering mm-hmm. of Jesus. There was the offering that was bloody and visible, mm-hmm. and now there is an unbloody, invisible offering. Correct. Part of that is the doctrine of transubstantiation, mm-hmm. that when the prayer is offered by the priest, mystically and spiritually, the bread and the fruit of the vine literally become the body, body and, and blood, blood of Jesus Christ that mm-hmm. is being offered again, mm-hmm. which is also why it is is considered in the Catholic Church a sacrament. sacrament. A yeah. sacrament. I, you know, I think today a lot of folks have the idea that a sacrament is just, well, yeah, anything you do that's kind of religious, anything mm-hmm. you do that's holy. Mm-hmm. But actually, sacrament is the idea of something that is done to actually receive grace. the grace of the Lord. Yeah, it is. And so I'm a sinner and I need grace. And the way I get the grace that forgives my sins, that draws me into the relationship with God, is through the sacraments. And so the Catholic yeah. Church has like seven sacraments and the Mass. Is, is one, one of, of them. them. Yeah, that's right. And so, and, and the reason why that's a sacrament is because it is a sacrificing mm-hmm. of Jesus. Of Jesus. Uh, unbloody, mm-hmm. invisible. Mm-hmm. We don't actually see him on the cross, but it is a re-offering. But here's the thing. Jesus died only once. That's what it says in Hebrews. And not only died only once, but he is offered only once. He does not have to be offered again and again and again. And trying to have some type of mental gymnastics that says, well, well, the only once part is the bloody part. The only once part is the visible part. No, he is offered once. He is offered once for all. He is offered once for all sins, for all people, for all times. That's what we recognized yesterday as we're walking through this. He is not offered again and again and again and again. We don't need a re-offering but we do need the reminder. Well, and, you know, this goes right along with what we were reading in Hebrews. The weakness of that first covenant was these uh, bulls and goats. They have to be offered again and again because they are not a sufficient sacrifice. And this take on the sacrifice of Jesus in mass is basically to lower the value of that sacrifice to say, well, just like in the Old Testament, it had to be one after another after another in perpetuity. Uh, we've missed Hebrews if we're going to say that that's how it worked with Christ on the cross. We've missed it. Yes. It is a drifting away. Mm-hmm. It is, despite the claim of being Christian, yeah. it is actually pulling from the law. Yeah. This idea that I need a reoffering, I need a sacrifice again. Uh, I've committed sins this week, so we're going to have another offering. Or uh, 
I, I don't know exactly how folks within that fellowship view what they're doing. So I don't want to attribute something that I'm unaware of. I, I wasn't brought up in the Catholic Church. I'm looking at that from the outside. Right. But what I do know is the stated doctrine that it is a reoffering is is borrowing from the offerings and repeated offerings of the law. Yeah. It is not coming from the once for all single offering of Jesus Christ. That's it. That's it. We do not need him re-offered. We do need to be reminded. Well, and and that's a I you know something good to to think about too is that okay, we we understand the sufficiency of Christ on the cross, this death and this resurrection. But we must never forget it. We must never drift away. And doesn't that bring us back to this message in the book of Hebrews? You know, for Christians at the crossroads, and I'm worried for you that there might be some evil heart of unbelief in you. Today, encourage one another to good good works. What we have in the New Testament, in this pattern we find in the scriptures, is that when Christians assembled on the first day of the week, they did break bread. There was the Lord's Supper. There was communion. It wasn't about sacrificing Jesus again and again, but it was a recentering and it was a remembering of the sacrifice which uh, creates the fellowship, the body of the redeemed, the new covenant, a shedding of blood where there is remission of sins. We need to appreciate who we are and where we are in Christ. And he has set forth in his word, do that weekly. And some folks today would say, well, why do you have to do it that much? Doesn't that take away from the import? Doesn't that take away from the meaning? Doesn't? And I'm going to say, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I need the reminder. I am reminded of the covenant that Jesus established. I am reminded of his incredible sacrifice. I am reminded of his love. I am reminded of this relationship that I have. I am reminded of why I'm able to worship God, yeah. because he has made this preparation. Yeah. And I, I do want us to remember there were regulations for worship. Yeah. And the regulations for worship under the old covenant was they needed re-offerings and repeated sacrifices. And the regulation for worship under the new covenant is we have one offering and it does not have to be offered again. We want to remember it and we're going to use that to prompt our worship, but he does not have to be offered again. Mm-hmm. We appreciate so much you being with us for Text Talk today. If you've got some Questions are back on that or some feedback for us. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org, texttalk at christiansmeethere.org. Let's pray. Our great God and Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his willingness to lay down his life for us upon the cross. We've read in Hebrews that he learned obedience by the things that he suffered, and he became the author of eternal salvation to all those who obey him. We pray, Father, that you might help us in our desire to know your will, to know your covenant, and to be humble to obey. Father, that we might appreciate that there are right and proper ways that please you as we approach you in worship, and we would not want to corrupt or profane those in any way. Thank you, Father, for the Lord's Supper, that when Christians gather on the first day of the week in the church, we we remember the body, we remember the blood. Father, help us to glorify you in that sacrifice once for all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. 
You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.